Draw, lose, or draw. A podcast covering all things party thistle. On today's episode is our latest in our draw, lose, or draw versus series. And on today's episode, we are going to have a look at this relationship with Erdionians. Joining me to do so, David Forrest. David, how are you? Doing very well. I'm looking forward to this. Always a good fun series. So yeah, um, uh, looking forward to it. Excellent. And joining us representing the beautiful and picturesque town of Airdrie is the only the lonely podcast, Colin Telford. Colin, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good evening, Matt. Uh, thank you very much for, for joining us, Colin. I, I don't know if you want to kick us off. I, I hear you've got some, some beef. Some, yeah, some big beef. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, earlier on in the season, I, I like to delve into all the other championship podcasts and uh, hear what the mood of fans is and, and, and steal some ideas and formats and stuff. So, I'd listened in pre the first match at Airdrie this season. I've just got some quotes from that podcast, Matt, which I thought were, were quite interesting. So, uh, I mean, there's had to get through about one hour, six minutes of you talking about uh, Tom Talley Ray and stuff like that. But then we get to Matt. What are you going to do in Airdrie on Saturday, David? It's a tough fucking scene, Matt. I'm not going to lie. There is no pub near Drumgellach. I'm getting on the train at Shettleston and then going somewhere worse. Then leaving because there's nothing there. It's rubbish. Not good. Matt, I got my dog from Airdrie. But other than that, shit all. <laughs> and then lots of comments about this is their cup final. Even even like your... your uh, Better mannered panelist Heather's getting involved in the game. It might be a nasty game uh, if it's any, if it's anything like how their fans interact in social media. Uh, so so yeah, I, I was uh, I, I would make a good idea when choke on their buck fast listening to that episode. So I was quite keen to come and see if I could maybe persuade you guys that it's not quite as bad as you you may have been uh, led to believe. Uh, so right, so far I would I would stand by my comments. Uh, I would also point you to other podcasts this season where I've been very complimentary about the football team. Uh, David, you were quite smug off air that that you had you hadn't made any comments about Andrew. David, do you have anything to say in response? I, I would like to say, um, to be fair. Now, uh, we absolutely deserved our 2-1 loss um, after all of those comments, let's be honest. We've really done it to ourselves. But I will say, um, on the way back from Drumgellach, I still didn't find a pub, but what I did find was Benny's Fish and Chips, which is a really, really good fish and chip shop. And I would totally recommend it. You still, even still get it in the paper. That's how good it is. Um, but yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed that. So um, I'm, I- I'm glad to, to know that it isn't the you know, godless hovel that we painted it to be. Uh, but please, please do tell me more. Well, indeed, we'll try and we'll try and persuade you otherwise of that on Saturday if you're up for it. But well, what can I say about Airdrie? So I grew up in the, the town uh, and had like just a very happy childhood surrounded by community at uh, the, the school that I went to, the golf club that I played at, the church that I went to even, and, and the football club. And it is this kind of small town. Uh, a lot of people know each other. 
I would encourage you to look at the excellent work that Airdrie Fan TV do. So they've got little like kind of match vlogs where they just do it for for our games and it'll show the kind of small crowd of eccentrics that follow Airdrie around the the country. Uh, and then in terms of like, I, I understand what you're saying in terms of a way that if you're getting offered from Gaelic and walking down to the stadium, it's not really much between it. But there's a um, blogger called The Fit by Nomad who Every, well, he just tries to take in as many games as he can every year, researches the club, has a bit of interaction with the fans in the lead-up to the game. And two seasons ago, he uh, Airdrie was his day of the season. Uh, so he visited three of the pubs in the town centre onto the game. Uh, and yeah, if you're up for it, it'd be good to take you to a couple of those places on Saturday and, and see if I can maybe change your mind. Tough crowd, I suspect, but uh, hopefully, hopefully you might see that. Uh, yeah, if, if if you put a bit of work into it, uh, it's doable. I, I'm not going to lie though, like um, a part of Fistle fan being invited into a pub full of Airdrie fans, but it'll be fine. You know, like we'll show you how good Airdrie is. It, it, there, there, there is, there is sort of my instincts kicking in of this could be a massive trap, and I might end up in the news. <laughs> Um, so we'll see, but um, hopefully not. I will. I will guarantee you safe journey through our town. There you go. <laughs> Could be in the front page of next Monday's Daily Record, David. Uh, indeed. Um, Colin, on the park, you have you have impressed us this season. We were just talking about in, in both games, even the one at Fahill where you where you lost to one. You've impressed us, and we've sort of tipped you to, to to complete the top four this season and make the playoffs. How impressed have you been on the park with, with the job Reese McCabe's doing in, in the first season back in the Championship? Oh, yeah, massively impressed. I mean, we were we were up against it last year with Dunfermline and Falkirk in, the, in League One. Uh, and Reese McCabe managed to do what many... It was our 10th uh, attempt at getting through a playoff campaign and we, and we finally managed it. And a massive credit's got to go to him because uh, I don't think even at that level he necessarily had the, the biggest budget. And then this season, got off to a good start. And you think, yeah, we've kept the, the field good going. But then we, we did go through a real sticky patch. And just a few weeks ago, we were 1-0 down at Hamden at half time, And looking like we're really getting sucked into the, the relegation battle. But we know what this league's like. Three three wins back to back. And suddenly we're, we were well, back in that fourth position. I think McCabe's feeding on scraps in terms of where he's got to recruit from. But just an absolute commitment to playing a passing quite attractive brand of football well not not only the league but we had 100% record in the league cup went into the semi-final of the SPFL Trust Trophy and like yourselves we had a, a big cup win on on Saturday so we can't can't ask for any more uh, it was really outperforming where we should be and you've got to give a lot of credit to a, a young manager who's also <laughs> one of our best players so yeah absolutely delighted with the football so far yeah, I'll ask you about Saturday's game in a minute, but like you mentioned there, you, you've knocked out St. Johnson in, in the Scottish Cup. That was your third straight home win. You've not conceded a goal in that run. You've drawn hearts at home in the in the fifth round of the Cup. What sort of chance do you give yourself? That's quite that's like a glamour tie. I would expect that to be picked for, for television. What sort of chance would you give yourself in that one? I don't know. that we, we played hearts two or three years ago, and it was like the first game after the uh, winter break. And Stendhal was in charge and they were, they were in pretty awful form. Thought, oh, we might catch them cold uh, and we could beat 5-0 at Tynecastle. <laughs> so, um, I th- from what I understand, Hearts aren't that impressive, but they've got Shankland, who's been tremendous. There's also lots of rumours about him. So, if, if he's there, 
I suspect they'll just have too much for us. If he leaves and there's a bit, they've got a bit of ropey form between now and then, uh, then we're at home on the AstroTurf. Uh, we might have a, a sneaky chance, but it's going to be one of those where we're going to have to take every chance we get and and, and probably ride our luck quite a bit as well. So we're recording this podcast on Monday night. Airdrie and Thistle playing each other on Saturday. Who are the, the danger men for Airdrie this season? Who should Thistle be, be looking out for? Well, at the moment, Todorov's four goals in four games, so he's he's the one that we're relying on. We're not scoring lots of goals. Uh, we need to control the midfield and kind of exert quite a level of control in the game uh, in order to be successful. Um, and you saw it. I think Firhill match was really interesting in terms of us in a microcosm. We went two 0 down, and for all that we had. Like well, we got one goal back at quite a good time, but for all the possession that we had, when a team sits in, we can lack cutting edge. Um, so I think come down to the midfield battle if Erdogan can get on top there uh, and sneak a goal, then Thistle might find it very hard to uh, get back. But if you score first uh, and on the form that you're on, then I think we might really struggle. I'll ask you for a score prediction at the end of the the episode. Uh, regular listeners to to this format. So we'll know that we, we chat about a few games between the, the two teams in the past and then we'll chat about a couple of players who have played for both teams. So so David, I'll come to you for a, a notable game in, in Airdrie versus Thistle past. What what one have you gone for? Well, first of all, um, Colin, I have to say you must be absolutely delighted to finally come into this pod and get to talk about games where Airdrie actually won instead of my routines every six months when <laughs> you talk about a game where you were absolutely battered. But I went for a game in the League One season. I thought it was a very pivotal one. Keaton Wright was absolutely fantastic. Uh, he made an incredible save to keep us in the game. We ran up the other end of the pitch. I believe it's Scott Tiffany scored, um, and we ended up winning that game. And I feel that that game was very much, if we don't win that, we don't win the League One. Uh, it was a real pivotal point for us. It, it turned our season around at that point. And yeah, I, I, it was a very dark time because it was obviously picks a lot, streams in the house, um, you know, everyone just miserable. But that, that result is, looking back now, and maybe at the time it didn't feel like that huge a win, but looking back now, that was that really was a turning point for us in that season. I'd be interested to listen to our pods from around that game, Dave, because I, I do sort of remember this feeling like a big win at the time. And it's interesting, you said off air this week, you've picked the Kieran Wright game. It's interesting to describe a, a 4-2 win where your sort of league debutant star signing winger scores twice as the Kieran Wright game, a goal but it really was his double save that, that set us on our way. And Airdrie score very early, and we were we were still struggling, sort of maybe not even in the playoff positions at this time. And Airdrie had a big chance from a corner to go two up about half an hour into the game, and Kieran Wright makes a sensational double save. Really, it's one of the best, most memorable saves I think a Thistle goalkeeper's made in recent years. And Scott Tiffany then races up the pitch, equalises. And then by the hour mark, the hour mark, we're 4-1 up in the game. And, and as you say, David, that did sort of turn the season round for us. On what are your memories of, of this game and, and the season, the, the COVID season? I think Airdrie, came, Airdrie ended up coming second in the league, didn't they? Yeah, the we ended up coming second. But I, I think that was possibly the second game back after that kind of weird break. Uh, so with the COVID break, and then it was just like, well, we'll play one more round of fixtures. Uh, and... We weren't very good. Uh, Kyle Turner joined Airdrie in that break. So the game before, he uh, he got sent off very early on for um, taking out Ryan Conroy up at Peterhead. So we were missing him. 
he got his mate Paul Payton to sign, who was pretty like this. So that Thistle game would have been his debut. I think he went off injured. After then, we had a really good run of form. And we, we were never, we never really felt like we could win the league. But I think we ended up two points behind you. Part of, uh, Thistle went up to Montrose in the last game, game of the season. I suspect your players had been out the full week. So had you needed to win that game, I'm sure you, sure you could have. Um, so I mean, there's maybe a bit of a what if, but I would have needed like Turner not to have been sent off the week before and Erdy to win that game to, to get some momentum going. Um, so yeah, yeah. But around then, we just couldn't buy a win against Thistle that, that season. Like I say, I think we've finished two points behind you, but you maybe beat us all three times that we played. So yeah, there's maybe a bit of a sliding doors moment, but um, didn't really feel like we were in a title fight at the time. You mentioned our players might have been out all week. I'm sure they would have been at home drinking safely, socially. Oh, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Well, even even by that point in the season, were we still on lockdown? They probably, yeah, yeah. No, we were yeah, because probably. yeah, because those playoffs I watched in the house. And you're right. You forget about these things. Yes, they would have been uh, getting a drink delivered from us, a safe social distance, and uh, yeah, maybe on a Zoom call together. Some interesting names in the team sheet for both, as you mentioned, Paul Payton, uh, Ali Roy came off the bench for Edge in that game, and then just some interesting ones for Thistle as well. Connor Murray, he actually scored the the third goal in this game, which is sort of rare. Good day for him in a Thistle shot. He had quite a quiet time at the club, and this was a sort of the height of Senamania, I suppose, David. This really was because it was two weeks later that we played Dundee United in that game where he got basically rugby tackled down and then they scored and it was de- most definitely a pen- or not a, a free kick to us but they just gave the goal to Dundee United instead. Um, but yeah, because I remember we played Cowden Beef the week before and I think Zach Rudden had scored and it really felt like at that point we were making motions to Tiffany there and that. And Senna was absolutely brilliant um, that season. Before the break and then coming in, it, he, he was absolutely brilliant. He lost a bit of confidence and kind of fell at the side. But for the, the, those first months seeing Senna, he, he just really took to the role. And it was interesting when we had um, Stephen Bell on, you know, talking about how he and Archie and McCall, they, they were the, the beauty of the, the COVID games, as you could hear, like Archie and McCall guiding Senna through the games at the time and, you know, giving him confidence and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, this was proper the peak of Senna mania, mania around about this time. We'll move on. Um, Colin, what game have you chosen to have a chat about? I don't, don't, well, I'm going all the way back to 1997, but it was probably the final throws of Alex McDonald's air team being really good. We went on a run to uh, the playoffs to get into the Premier League. I think it was the first time they ever had a playoff and it was second bottom against second top. But within that run, we were at Firhill. We were 1-0 down. Gareth Evans raced through on goal. John Martin needed to go dived at his feet. Gareth Evans accidentally but stood on uh, Johnny Martin's face, uh, cracked cheekbone uh, or a fractured eye socket. So he had, he got stretched off. We'd used all our subs, which may even have only been two back then. Uh, and so we had to put a striker in goals and play with 10 men. Uh, and we came back and won 2-1. Uh, I think Paddy Conley may well have scored here of the, the ghost the first ghost goal at, at Firhill. Um so that was just just really memorable in terms of us being on uh, a dramatic run to get to uh, the playoffs uh, and the, like those magic games where you, you never think you're gonna win. Uh, I think football misses that actually when you used to have outfield players go in and go because it just there was always a bit of a chaos factor. And if you did win, uh, it was one that you'd always remember. So that's my choice. Round about then uh, we had a four all draw at Broadwood 
which impressed everybody so much. It would have been Clyde back then. The Clyde one live commentary game was the, the next tie between us in the league, and it was a, a boring nothing each draw for Hill. So uh, that did make me laugh because just remember everybody was, oh, we'll get, we'll get a repeat of that. That's a great game to go along to. Uh, and unfortunately, it was, it was anything but. I think this game's just a little bit before myself and David's time. So we, we don't have too much to add on the game itself, but I want to ask you, Con, how would you compare the, the sort of rivalry and the relationship between the two teams and the two clubs between then, sort of 20, 25 years ago and now? So, yeah, I mean, they've been in the, the, the doldrums for, uh, I mean, obviously, club, we got liquidation there, uh, came back and kind of had a bright couple of years, um, but then really, really struggled Crowds dwindling down to six, seven hundred, uh, and it's only a takeover a few years ago that's managed to run the thing really prudently and create a bit of buzz to get us back up to uh, a level where we're benefiting from the great big stadium that we have and uh, and, and kind of the, the, the higher prize money and higher away crowds that come in in uh, the championship. Over that time, I feel like Thistle have been far more successful um but then obviously this will be in this you throw through in a wee double relegation just to keep yourselves busy but certainly you I mean, the last, if you, if you look as much as the last 20 years it's this who's on a far better run the the game i wanted to speak about i, I won't linger on this for for too long Colin, was the the 7-0 win in the 12-13 promotion season i think a lot of thistle fans sort of point to this as maybe the the sort of standout moment that, that sort of summed up how quite how good we were going forward this season. Plenty of different goal scorers as well in this game. I think we had, I think we had seven or six different goal scorers. I think Erskine got a, a double, but there were six different goal scorers. Um, Colin, David prides himself on ha- never having left a game early. Did, did you see this one through to the end? Uh, this was happily during my uh, university year. So I think I was doing a shift in Halfords and, and Airdrie at the time, so I didn't see the 7-0 reversal. I mean, it was, if it was a good time for Thistle, that year Airdrie were supposed to be in the league below and a matter of maybe a week or two weeks before the season was due to kick off, I can't remember if it was, this was Livingston or Rangers, but the, the, the club went busting it chucked to the bottom of the pile uh, and so suddenly we got a promotion that we weren't expecting uh, and I think that was pretty early in the season so uh, I wasn't there I think uh, Kenny Arthur was in goals for us and was not be credited with a with a hat trick and seen celebrating the fifth and sixth and seventh uh, but yeah I don't I, I can see I didn't leave early but only because I wasn't there. Uh, do you have any memories of, of Kenny Arthur and goals for for Airdrie. Obviously, uh, I think he's in the Thistle Hall of Fame. He's, he's the goalkeeper coach now. He's very familiar face round for Hill. But what are your memories of him and, and Airdrie's goal? He, he, was, he had his work. Uh, he worked out. He, he was like a goalkeeper in a, a terrible team. Um, so, I mean, he seemed like a good guy. Like he was, he was well, obviously well liked within the within the team. The fans took to him but just a really difficult season so I think that was the only season they played for us uh, and yeah, I'm sure his stats wouldn't be good but it wasn't as if he was having howlers he was just he was just in between the sticks for a, a, a very bad Airdrie team yeah um, I'll, I'll open this up to, to either of you if you want to have a chat about any other games I mean like the, uh, choosing good Airdrie wins the, the, uh, there's a League Cup, no, sorry, not League Cup, Challenge Cup semi-final at Fur Hill, where 
Paul Di Giacomo, another man in that list of uh, players who played for both teams, scored early on and we thought out 1-0 and then went on to, to win the final. So that was, it was a wee win and a, a semi-final. But I mean, it feels to me as if there haven't been too many seasons where both Airdrie and Thistle have been have been doing well. Um, so I think the, the 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 season we went we went bust. Uh, McCall got Airdrie to second place in the league, and we had been first, but uh, Lambie's Thistle kind of came past us and uh, and and finished way stronger. Um, but other than that, I can't think of too many seasons where we've been like involved in a a title chase. It does seem to be that. One of us is doing well, or or, or the other, uh, but but never, uh, not not too many massive games between us that I can think of. As we mentioned just at the start, we've had 119 players play for for both Thistle and Airdrie. David, I'll start with you. Who who do you want to have a chat about first? It's one of those you're overwhelmed with so much selection. It's like Netflix. You know, there's so much there you don't know what to watch. Um, like there's so many players, good and bad. There, um, I was surprised to see like Ross Doherty. I forgot, I totally forgot he played for Airdrie. It, it's quite, it's quite interesting that we have Ben Stanley and Kerr McEnroy who both played for Airdrie. Um, I really, it was really interesting in those. But the player I'm going to go for is um, Kyle Turner. Obviously, you mentioned about how he got sent off in his debut. What, was I right? Am I right? See, did you sponsor his shirt that day? I've got I've got that shirt upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, uh, yeah, sponsored him for. He, he was tremendous uh, for, for from when he came back. He was just a kind of bit of a rash tackle in his in his first game. And um, but no, he was a quality player. And I think he'd fallen. He was on loan. He'd fallen out with whoever was in charge at Dunfermline, probably Yogi Hughes or something. Uh, and it was it was hard to believe that anybody could have thought that he wasn't a player. And classic Ian McCall move. A lot of the players on the, on this list. I think that that was one of my calls huge strengths of just having an eye for a player. So Ross Doherty did play for us both in between he played for a year and that was a classic um, McCall saw him at Airdrie. He was a great player, took him to Air and then took him to Thistle. Turner Turner was similar. So he yeah, he was he was excellent um, but I think we only had him for about three months. Colin David mentioned there Ben Stanway, another player that you had on loan from us was Liam Lindsay and he's gone on to have a, a really good career for himself down in England. I wouldn't be too surprised if, if Ben Stanway followed a, a similar career path to Lindsay. I'm, I'm definitely not trying to sell him. Uh, we all love him. I think he's got a really bright future in the game. But how would you sum up those two players' time at your club? So Liam Lindsay was a, a class act and you could see him. I think he, he'd have been 18, 19 or something at the time. But, and we also had Luca Gasparotto, who was Canadian, and he went on to play for a couple of Scottish clubs, but he's no longer in the game. But the two of them were just a really effective partnership. And like you say, it didn't surprise me that he went on to bigger and better things. With Stanway, we didn't actually see that much of him. But I think that's down to... Airdrie's got a very talented midfield. So you've got Reece McCabe, Charlie Telfer, uh, Dean McMaster, um, and with Justin Devaney, who we sold to Crystal Palace. Uh, and so Stanway was mainly off the bench, but I mean, he is, he's still, what, 19 or 20 or something. So we didn't really see enough of him to to judge. He came on in the playoff final second leg uh, and any time he did come on, he looked neat and tidy, but I didn't see quite the same star quality that I did with, with Liam Lindsay. But like I say, he's, he's, his match time was limited and he's very, very young. So I dare say he's kicked on this season. 
David, Colin mentioned um, Colin Telfer there. Um, can you remember? I'm sure that there might have been other games. Can you remember a game where Colin Telfer scored the the winner against Partick Thistle? Charlie Telfer. Ch- Telfer I'm, looking at, I'm looking at your name, Colin. I've got I was going to say Charlie Telfer. My mistake. I was going to say Colin Telfer could have like robbed my house, and I wouldn't know who he was. <laughs> um, no. Um, God, that's. I mean, this is a recurring thing. It's like your favourite part of, of this series is asking me quiz questions that I have no chance of ever answering. Um, did we lose to East Fife in the Challenge Cup, and, the, and he was scored the winner? No, I can I'll maybe try and uh, help you, David. I don't know the answer, but who's he played for? It was the Rangers as a youth. Went to Dundee United. I think it was a bit of scandal when he when he did so. Um, so if there's any Dundee United games after which, I think he went to. Falkirk, uh, and he's had a bit of time at Morton as well, so you can take oh, your no. pick out of, out of those. <laughs> Would you like a clue, David? <laughs> I'll give you a one-word clue. Milk. <laughs> oh, no, 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 oh, God, that, yeah, like, I, I, no, I, um, I, I refuse to acknowledge that gap. Was, that was the worst, uh, still the worst game I've had at Fort Hill. Um, <laughs> it was terrible. Um, for, for the uninitiated, um, I get really, really drunk the night before and was spectacularly hungover to the point where I drank a pint of milk and made it hell road to settle my stomach um, and it was just an all round horrendous day and yeah and that was on my Tiffany chipped oh keeper. well that was going to be my next question yep a 2-1 win for Morton uh, in, in the nether zone between Christmas and New Year of 2018 some scars are deeper than others the Tiffany one yep. the Tiffany one's embedded in the Telfer one not so much but some scars are deeper than others uh, another player I was going to ask you about, Colin, was Mark Ridgers. Um, we had a chant for Mark Ridgers, which was, Ridgers, Ridgers, give us a save. Um, I think Mark Ridgers has had a, a good career. Um, at this level, he's certainly done well at Inverness in the last few years, but he played a game and a half for us and I believe conceded eight, if not nine goals in those 135 minutes. Um, he had a season on loan at you back in 2010-11. Do you have, do you have fond memories of him? I don't remember him being not as dramatic as as yours were there. I remember thinking he was all, all right. He seems to have been about for a, a very long time, but no, no, I thought he was like passable again, like a, a goalkeeper on a bad team. So he, he'd have been plenty busy, uh, and we would have lost most games. But I don't, I don't remember him being the, the main cause of that. Yeah, but we were saying just before we started, these these players that have played for both teams, you could make a, a sort of premiership eleven. We've a lot of our title winning back four of, of 2013 and, and Paul Gallagher as well played for Edge, some some decent midfielders and attackers as well. There's also some sort of comedy names in there who have well, comedy certainly from our point of view, who very limited appearances and when they did appear not so good. Corners, is there any players in there you want to have a chat about? Uh, yeah, it's Stephen McEwen Dossa. So, because I've looking through the list and trying to think of who's actually had a, a, a lengthier stint at both clubs. So it's kind of like he um, he was well liked to Airdrie. He's in our Hall of Fame, um, but he wasn't slow in give us it the get it right up you when he scored against us for you guys. So, so what, what was he like for for Thistle? He was a, he was a sort of like a typical McCall player. I sort of think. Um, I, I wasn't going to games every week at this point, but I think he sort of did a job in a, a few positions for us. And he was maybe one of those players that, I, I, the sort of player that he was he was good and he did as a job, but he wasn't at that level to, to sort of get us into the Premier League. But he was 
sort of just generally fine for us. Uh, hopefully we could maybe, David, do, do my bit of justice and get a voice note for somebody who, who saw him play every week. I can only remember sort of two or three things that he did. Stephen McEwen was a spiky, combative midfield player who played with Thistle seven day times um, in 2008-2010. Quite a fierce looking face. Um, had a purple patch in August and September 2008 when he scored um, four or five goals, including a late winner against Confirmland and most famously against Rangers in a League Cup tie, unfortunately overshadowed by goals by Chris Boyd and Pedro Mendes for Rangers. Um, his career seemed to peter out somewhat, um, but his last um, swan song was to score against Airdrie in a 5-2 tanking um, in December 2009 before he left um, earlier the next year. One of these players that um, you remember reasonably fondly, but not an absolute standout, a 7 out of 10 sort of player. Um, tough, hardworking, quite fierce, um, but not um, somebody that I would see as being a hero. And what's been quite a funny one to look at is Big Aaron Taylor Sinclair, who's with us at the moment. So he's, uh, he's tops. Uh, football like sticker somehow I, I don't know what's happened to him between playing for Thistle and joining us I think it may be called Falkirk but the boy is it looks like he's seen some terrible crimes with uh, the, the player that comes to that, that came to us he's, he's very well liked he's actually a coach at Airdrie um, but he's um, his unveiling video was a bit like a a hostage situation he's not one for, for smiling very often and yeah he looks like a very British faced happy go lucky player in his, in his Thistle shots it's funny you say that because we had a, an event last year to mark the 10th anniversary of our title winning team and lots of players were there, but the players that couldn't attend sent individual messages and I think he was on international duty at the time and Hoster's video is exactly how it looked. He, he, it looked like he was about to hold up like a, today's newspaper or something and I sort of, he was outside, but it was... There was blue skies, but it was also at the same time so dark. I've never seen a man look so upset to be in the Caribbean. Yeah, Antigua and Barbuda. He's got he's got quite a few caps during his, his time with us. Um, but yeah, that sounds about. It. And apparently, he's a great laugh in the change room. I think he just doesn't like doing uh, <laughs> doesn't like doing pieces to camera. So yeah, oh well, that's it. But and, and do you guys remember him playing for this one, a title winning team? Was he what like a yeah. a young fullback at that point? Yeah, he was. It was sort of the best Thistle teams of, of the time I've been going uh, regularly have really sort of positive attacking fullbacks. And he was the sort of first of those fullbacks with him and Stephen O'Donnell at, at right back. Yeah, he was a, a really good player for us for a few years going into the Premier League era as well. It's actually a funny story. I think Ray Bradshaw tells about playing in Chris Jones' testimonial where Ray Bradshaw was playing at left back. And uh, Taylor Sinclair gets subbed on and he tells Ray Bradshaw, right, you're going to right back. And Ray Bradshaw says, oh, how come? And Taylor Sinclair goes, because I've not got a club. So Taylor Sinclair comes on and shoves Bradshaw over to, to right fullback so he can he can showcase his skills from the left. I seem to remember he was actually really quite good that day. So I seem to remember a lot of positive comments about, you know, sign him up, get ATS back home. He, he was very good. Not quite Danny Lennon against Mary Hill, but um, up there. Um, are there any other players either of you want to chat about? What was Ali Roy like at Airtree and did he like any group chat messages at all that we should know about? Ali Roy was an absolute superstar in the League Cup every season. I don't know what he does during the close season, but he came back looking like fiercely fast, 
sharp finishes. Uh, and then by the time the league came around, it was as if everybody else had, had caught up. And uh, there, was, there was one season, for instance, we got a, a bad injury at the start of the season. But the, the, if you could have the League Cup version of Ali Roy all the time, uh, you'd be onto something. Um, otherwise, he's, he's had quite a few contracts since he left us, but he's never really cut the muster anywhere. He actually, just to add to that, he went to Queen of the South after leaving Airdrie and scored a hat trick against Airdrie in the uh, in the League Cup group stages, just to yeah, just to cement the fact that that's when he's at his absolute best uh, and didn't kick on there. So uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. He he comes out of that poorly, but I, I Gary Caldwell asking the players to pick a team. I think uh, you need to look at the, the the root cause. Uh, poor, poor Ali Roy's just collateral damage, and you're a haphazard manager there. I, I agree. I'm surprised, David, that time has not sort of proved Ali Roy to be correct in this. <laughs> I know we ended I, I, up no, winning I that totally three, agree. that Queen of the South game three 0 but you know, like he was out in sheer lunacy. I, absolutely no, like the world would be far worse if he hadn't outed it. I mean, shame on Rhys Haldane for publicly outing him by figuring out that he was the only one on Vodafone out of the team, and that's how he figured out who it was. It was so weird. But, but you say about um, him scoring against you for Queen of the South in the cup. Thankfully, we have no horror stories of Ali Roy scoring against us in say the Challenge Cup at all. He, I don't think he scored for us at all. But he did get in the programme celebrating a goal that was ruled offside. And that's what I remember about Ali Roy. That was quite funny. What I'm taking from this conversation is Reese Haldane's a grass pass it on. That's why that's some of the message you guys are <laughs> delivering about your co-panellists. Oh, you've, you've come here and taken shots at nearly all of the drawers of draft panellists now. Is that Jamie McDonald done anything to, to wind you up? <laughs> I don't think so. He wasn't on that episode. But like I say, I thought I was. I thought I'd friended the show states. I've been on to speak about your tenant sixes victory. I've been on to speak about you. You didn't mention the game where you uh, came back from one 0 down to pretty much win win League One and like kind of pink camouflage strip era. As well, I've been on to talk about that. And that was the things I get my my, my hometown eviscerated. <laughs> Uh, we'll finish the episode, Colin, with with a, a score prediction from yourself. I think we maybe boldly all predicted Thistle wins on on Saturday. Can you see Can you see a positive result for Airdrie? Well, we, well, we haven't. I think you did say, and I didn't answer it, so I skipped over it. So you spoke about rivalry. So this is about that interests me. So what's for you guys? What's the like the Airdrie Thistle rivalry? How do you, How do you see it? I'm quite interested to to hear your take on this one. I get this is maybe me and myself and David aren't the best people to answer this because I started going to Thistle games in the mid 2000s. David is a little bit later, so for me, like it's never really been that rivalry because we've not played you too often regularly since. I think you hear from older fans that it, that was really the big game for for a few decades, and now that we're in the same league, it's it is one that sort of catches your eye. But I, I wouldn't say it's like. It, <laughs> It's our number one rivalry, David. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think in the sense that I think for us, like Morton and Ayr are just a bit more there for us in terms of a rivalry. There'll definitely be people older than us who still think that Airdrie and Clyde, for example. I, I, view, I view Airdrie in the same way that I do Clyde when it comes to the rivalry. We we don't we've not really crossed over that much, um, and we've kind of kept ourselves separate for most of the time that I've been there. 
Uh, so I don't have that ingrained. It's more a sort of ha-ha, you know, it's funny to see your rivals fail, but not a sort of visceral hatred sort of thing. Whereas with Morton in here, it is a bit more of that. But yeah, I... I I don't. I don't know if I'd agree with the Morton and Ayer stuff, David. I'd so I'd. I think Morton's a more recent one because we've gone for leagues with them, and I think Ayer's an even more recent one because we've sort of poached our manager and captain in recent seasons. And for me, they're not really. If you said to me in a dream scenario, you you would play the Scottish Cup final, who would you like to beat in the Scottish Cup final? I would say Rangers and Celtic before any of those teams, and then after that, I'd probably get to Airdrie, Clyde. Then Morton in there, but I, I, I would st- if, in terms of what club would I, I like to see relegated into the Lowland League? I, I wouldn't say Erdry's number one, and I, I would say if I had to pick a team to beat in the Scottish Cup final, Erdry's not number one. But I get the sense from some of the older fans that that is the club that they had the most rivalry with. with. I don't know if you agree do, with that. Do Colin. you think? I, well, I don't. Yeah, it's been quite eye-opening for. It's, it certainly feels like. This season, especially, uh, there seems to be a special place in uh, the the hearts of like your your ultras for for every so. Uh, yeah, we for us like Thistle are you're not a provincial team, right? Because you're like an alternative team in in, in Glasgow. But like the, like Thistle, Dunfermline, Falkirk, uh, Motherwell, uh, like there's a whole lot of teams that probably 80s and 90s would have been round and about the same level as Airdrie and and kind of. Like a, a league underneath, probably Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, that type of thing. So there's, it's always like a game that people would look forward to. But it was uh, Blair McNally's video, uh, but post the the last game at Firhill was making out as the fiercest rivalry in football that you you didn't know about. It was like, I certainly didn't know about it, and I'm an Airdrie fan, so just great. Yeah, it's just quite interesting to hear uh, what's what's driving all all this. But uh, if you if you guys are saying you you don't really you don't really care about it, then fair enough. <laughs> I think there's a bit of spice, but I, I don't think it's like I, I wouldn't like circle it in my calendar and say oh, I'm going to shave my head and all that before we play Erdre. <laughs> Who, who's I, that? I, Who do you shave your head for, man? Uh, Rangers in the Scottish Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's interesting though that you, you make the comparison there of the sort of like the Blair McNally video and stuff like that. Where I, I do think like. I I am constantly besotted with idiots every two three months telling me that the NGE are back and that the hooligans are back and they're coming and I I abhor all that sort of stuff. I think that all these pricks in North Face jackets are going about and you know for fights are just you know it's absolutely pathetic. Um, and I think for people there are a lot of people who like doing that. They like going out in a Stone Island and you know to go and try and find a, a scrap and stuff like that. And for those people, I think Airdrie is a big game. But those people are clowns, so I think me, neither me or Matt are, are very much in that bracket, and that's probably where the the, the distinction is. Yeah, you can, we, you can say, yeah, I'm a I'm a uh, pot-bellied forty-year-old prematurely greying father of three, so you, as you can imagine, I'm, I'm very much in that that camp as well. Uh, but I think that that's the thing that annoys me slightly about it. All. I think that's that's the case for ninety-five percent, but. When you get incidents like we both had in the week at the weekend, ours far worse than than yours. Uh, it's just a kind of race to the bottom of trying to pin all fans off a, a team in that way. That um, as well as bad for for us in terms of it's not going to attract sponsors or, or anything. But I think a, a lot of football at this level should be about being able to have conversations that we've just had about 
players that you've got in common or matches that you remember and I'd, I'd been able to do that and, and look back fondly even from games where your team's been terrible uh, and I'd, yeah I would, you, I've quoted you from the past podcast David but you were spot on in terms of the, what you said about the whole casual culture there I can agree with you more uh, which is why I've, I'd be quite keen to, to host you guys on Saturday and, and hopefully so, show you that uh, for the vast 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 majority of, of fans uh, we're, we're not actually that different I think if you compare our rivalry to our rivalry to Airdrie and then to Morton, David. I think the Morton one comes from sort of on-the-field stuff, and I think it would be good to get a, a rivalry with a team like Airdrie for, for on-the-field stuff. I think if, we, if we've mentioned the possibility of playoffs at the end of this season, I think that would help. And then if, if we're both in the league next season, having another good couple of seasons next season again, we are probably the same, David. We, we definitely don't go to the football for scraps. We sort of like going and sort of reminding other clubs of past victories or... Uh, going up to Dingwall and getting retribution for for playoff finals. That's sort of where we get our, our kicks out of football rather than going up to steel drums or battlefolk. I've got other avenues in my life to do that sort of stuff, Matt. I don't need to do it the football. <laughs> Quite. Um, a score prediction to finish us off, Colin? I'll go 1-0. That's kind of... Uh, the, 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 when you're dribbling well at the moment, try and control matches and we might not not got lots of goals in the team, so I'll be positive and say I hope that we get we continue the form and get a one nil. What about the Thistle view? Well, I went two nil Thistle. I'll ask who's gonna be your goal scorer if you win one nil? Todorov? Yeah, he's on he's on form. I think that that's yeah. again there's a weakness we have in terms of there's not a lot of goals from midfield. And their other two strikers went off injured on Saturday, so much like the last game, you managed to do it without uh, strikers with Rico Diak having a, a really good game. Um Adrian need to find some goals from or potentially to find some goals from somewhere else on, on Saturday. I, I can't hear the name Todorov anymore without getting horrendous PTSD flashbacks to the Tamil Ware game against Infermon when they just kept chipping it over us over and over again. Um, so look forward to that happening again on Saturday. <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Colin. Todorov's quite a, a sort of, I'm not saying he's like a big physical target man, but he's, he's definitely not known for his, his pace, is he? He's, he is more of a, a sort of... Uh, he's, a, he's a finisher. I think uh, yeah. he, he actually... He, he really started a kind of poor start to the game on Saturday where he had two headers that he tried to flick on and it was a proper biscuit tin head and it went, the headers went completely the wrong direction. He can look clumsy and ungainly at points, but if the ball drops anywhere around about the penalty spot, he's he's really sharp at, at tucking it away. And he, yeah, he kind of comes to life close, close out. I mean, and... I mean, yeah, I'm very conscious that you've got Brian Green, who's got an excellent record against Airdrie, and and, and is, is similar. He's been and he's been really, really good against us the kind of last six, seven years or whatever it is you've had him. Um, so we need to keep him quiet. Uh, the, the reason I ask you about Todorov's pace, the game David was talking about there, I think Dunfermline beat us 4-2 in the League Cup. If you watched that, you would have assumed that Nikolai Todorov was a 100-metre sprinter because we played a back two that day of Tam Aware, who had just come back from a serious injury, and a 30-something-year-old Stephen Bell. And, oh my goodness me, we were 4-1 down inside 50-odd minutes and, and Todorov was having the time of his life. Uh, who's, who's at the back on Saturday? Dan, Dan O'Reilly and who partners him? 
Uh, he's not made his debut yet. He was cup tied at the weekend. It's been Aaron Muirhead and Lewis Nielsen. Um, Muirhead's not the quickest, but Nielsen, Nielsen's got a decent turn of pace, and Nielsen has been sort of sweeping up behind Muirhead. So O'Reilly might come in. If he comes in, we sort of suspect he'll be from Muirhead. Uh, um, if not, it'll be Muirhead and Nielsen. Um, we will leave it there. Uh, David, thank you very much for joining me. Colin, uh, thank you very much for joining us and wiping almost all of us out. Um, it's probably some justified retribution. And apart from Saturday and the return game at Farhill, all the best for the rest of the season. You know, the guys, thank you for having me on. It's been good to speak with you. And yeah, hopefully see you Saturday. Bye.